You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 396. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 396. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey, everyone. Amy here, and I am thrilled to kick off another series here on the Joy Junkie Show podcast. For the next four weeks, we are going to be covering boundaries. We're going to start off with my take on the matter. You know I've got a shit ton to say. Next week, we will have an expert, one of my dear friends and colleagues, Kate Anthony, is going to be sounding off on boundaries and specifically what that looks like inside of interpersonal relationships, marital relationships, especially if you might be contemplating separation or divorce and how that is kind of the ultimate boundary. But there's lots of other nuggets in that episode that are not necessarily about divorce. So you'll want to check that out. I'll also be doing a coaching episode. We're going to do a tool episode as well. So I'm excited for this series. I hope that you will be too. So let's kind of dive in and start looking at this concept of boundaries. And it's one of those words that I think gets tossed around a lot in the personal development space. But I don't think we have a very linear or crystal clear example of, first of all, what a boundary fucking is to begin with, how to discover what your boundaries need to be, and then what that looks like to actually establish them. So we're going to be talking about that today. So first off, let's ask the question of what is a boundary? What is it? The way that I define it is that a boundary is simply a fierce choice and enforcement about what you will no longer tolerate going forward. And sometimes it's framed a little bit differently than that. It's not that... I will no longer allow somebody to do a specific thing, but rather I'm demanding that they change something in some way or that they – so it could be either that they stop doing something or that they need to start doing something. So for example, in honor of Pride Month, perhaps you are non-binary or you have wanted somebody to use different pronouns with you, that may be a fierce boundary that you need to establish with a a workplace or (laughs) most often it's the fucking family. Am I right? It's the friends are usually on board, but it's the family that we have to establish these really tight boundaries with. So it might be something like, I need you to only do this thing going forward. I need you to use my pronouns correctly going forward. So it can be something you need somebody to stop doing or something that you need them to start doing. Now, in other circles, when you talk about boundaries, I know that I talk about them a lot through the lens of speaking up for yourself or strengthening your voice, 
learning to say no, all of those sorts of concepts. But you will hear people talk about boundaries from a physical or emotional standpoint too, that sometimes there's distance that needs to be created physically with people. Uh, There's oftentimes emotional boundaries that need to be set with people. But ultimately, I think all of that can come down to what am I not willing to tolerate anymore going forward? So that's just sort of a quick quick synopsis of the lens through which we will be observing this topic as we continue on through this series. So how the hell do you even figure out what your boundaries are, right? Like we hear these terms, maybe you know that you care way too much what other people think, maybe you're aware that you silence yourself, but you're not exactly sure what that means. Does that mean I go have a conversation with somebody? How do I even figure out what the conversation needs to be about? Well, one of the easiest places to start is to ask yourself, what do I constantly and chronically complain about? Oftentimes, if there are people in our life, like our boss or our sister or our bestie or our partner, who we constantly have a grievance with and they frustrate us, it's likely that we complain about that consistently. And we usually aren't taking any type of action other than simply venting that out, simply getting it out of our system. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about one-off situations where somebody in your life really frustrated you and you just needed to let it out. I'm talking about when you over time are complaining about the same person or same grievance and not taking any action around rectifying that. That is always, well, I shouldn't say always, almost always call for a boundary. The other place to look is not only am I chronically or constantly complaining about somebody, But has everyone else in my life heard how I feel except the right person? So for example, if you're really frustrated with your partner, is it your bestie who always gets an earful? Or have you ever heard that term floating around? There was a bunch of memes on Insta a while back about being an asshole, people who ask your opinion and then never follow your advice. So we have those friends of ours. I'm sure you can relate to this, who constantly are complaining about their partner or they're in a super unhealthy relationship or they let their parent walk all over them and you are the kind of the the punching bag. You're the one who has to hear all that negativity because no matter how much advice you give them and how many times you point them to this goddamn podcast, they choose not to actually speak up and advocate for themselves in the appropriate relationship. So I want you to start taking a quick inventory of that for yourself as well. Are there people that I consistently and chronically complain about, but the wrong person is getting the earful? It could even be that your therapist has heard over and over and over again about how shitty your dad is, but you refuse to take their advice and go have a tough conversation and establish a boundary with your father. 
And somehow I think we become chronically addicted to the bitching and the moaning because there's a way in which staying in a victim perspective of woe is me, there's nothing that I can do, my dad's just a piece of shit, he always does this, does that, there's a way in which that gives us a free pass to not take action. The more we can stand in blame and ascribe the grievance to that other person, the longer we don't have to do a goddamn thing. So sometimes it's even with your coach or your therapist or your support group or whatever, and you need to check yourself there too. Are you, for lack of a better term, addicted to sharing about the troublesome situation instead of actually taking action to rectify the troubling situation. I know that many people, myself very much included, many coaches and therapists, have had to end relationships with clients or patients who choose to not ever take action on things. So I want to underscore that although it is unbelievably healthy to process and vent and seek wise counsel, you're not done just by doing that process. You also have to take action and deliver the boundary. All right. So those are the two places that I want you to look at. Are, are there instances, maybe it's my workplace, maybe it's my friend, maybe it's a family member, but that I'm constantly giving my mom an earful or the bestie an earful or whatever, and I'm not addressing it with the appropriate party. The constant complaining and the, the complaining to the wrong person. <laughs> so do a quick little inventory and check in on that. And again, I want to underline that there's not a problem with venting when you need to expel something, you need to get out the frustration of the day. There's no problem with that unless it becomes habitual, addictive, and you're doing nothing to rectify the situation. All right, so let's talk about, okay, you've done your inventory, you've scoped it out a little bit. You've figured out, ooh, yeah, I really need to establish a boundary with my neighbor who constantly wants to just come over without texting or calling, which to me is one of my absolute fucking pet peeves. Everybody in my life knows you step on my property without a text. <laughs> it's very, very not Southern of me. So I've had to explain that to a lot of the people who live out here in North Carolina, where that's just a normal, great thing to do to the neighbors. And mm, nope, <laughs> not this bitch. I find it unbelievably rude and inconsiderate. So that's a boundary that, and, and I also recognize, this is another thing that I think is important. I recognize that they're not ill-intended. Nobody is trying to put me out. Nobody is trying to be a bitch or a dick about things. It's just that I need to be vocal and let them know that that doesn't work for me. And to, to say that with the utmost grace and kindness. I think that's one of the places that we really get tripped up is we think, well, if my mom's just genuinely trying to offer support or my partner is really trying to give me some advice or help me out in a situation, then we think we somehow don't have the right to establish a boundary. It's almost like someone needs to be malicious or ill-intended for us to go, 
okay, a boundary is warranted. That is not the case, my friend. That is not the case. It's truly about recognizing that your comfort and your wants, your opinions, your needs matter just as much as that other person. I've recently been dealing with uh, some boundaries around spirituality and processing through religious trauma and how so much of my life I have just accepted a lot of commentary about specific religions or faiths from mostly from people in my family where it's just a given that I accept that sort of narrative. When in reality, I don't believe in that. I don't agree with it. And I actually find a lot of it incredibly damaging and from personal experience, highly, highly abusive and manipulative. And that it goes against absolutely everything that I teach. The way in which I was brought up from a religious standpoint was that we're all flawed and broken and need saving and that quite essentially we are not enough as we are. And that is the antithesis of the work that I teach now. So I feel a a moral imperative and conviction to begin speaking up and boundarying myself around around some of this stuff in a more deliberate and intentional way than I have in the past. And and again, this is a perfect example of when my mom or my aunts and uncles or whoever say things that are riddled with uh, doctrine that I grew up in, the uh, they, they are not being malicious. They're not ever coming from a place of I'm trying to hurt Amy or I'm, you know, they, they genuinely believe that they have the truth and they are absolutely allowed to. So this is where it gets sticky. When somebody in your life genuinely cares about you, but the what they are expressing or what they are sharing is incredibly harmful for you and it calls for a boundary. Another great example that I can share anecdotally that Mr. Smith and I dealt with for many years, I think now that my old man's about to be 50 this year and I'm no spring chicken. People have stopped asking about the goddamn kids. But for a long time, that was another thing that people did not realize how offensive it was. And I had to put boundaries in place because from a feminist standpoint, the idea that women's worth is wrapped up only solely in motherhood is the essence of misogyny to me. So and and I didn't understand that for many, many years. I just was like, dude, not everybody is fulfilled in that way. Why, why do you assume there's something wrong with me if I don't want children? But again, that perspective, that stance from the other person was never ill-intended. They were genuinely curious because of what our societal expectations are. Like, oh, you haven't you you don't want kids? Why? When there was not even a recognition of Demanding an explanation for that decision is already the problem. 
So after many times speaking my truth, being an absolute dick about it, I ended up learning how to establish a boundary around that and say, hey, I appreciate that this is not coming from a malicious place at all. But to be quite honest, that's a topic that I'm not comfortable discussing. I truly hope that you can respect that. That's a boundary. That's recognizing that even though that person's not being an ass, they're not trying to make your life difficult, does not mean that you need to just give them whatever they want or make their needs and wants more important than yours is still still a boundary is being called for. Now, we also have the other end of the spectrum when somebody is really being egregious and acrimonious and biting towards you that in those instances, I think boundaries are a little easier to enforce because that person has made it so difficult on you. But what's challenging in those situations is actually doing it kindly with with power and assertiveness in your tone and in your delivery, but without becoming super acerbic and throwing insults. And, you know, that's that's where that one becomes a little more, more difficult. So let's talk about three sequential steps that you can take to actually establish boundaries. So the first piece of this is you've identified, okay, this person in my life I need to speak up with. Maybe it's the neighbor who does the drop-bys. Maybe it's somebody in your workplace. doesn't really matter what it is. And it also doesn't really matter if they're purely intended or not, right? We're still going to be able to recognize that about them and define that line. And you've started this inventory. You found out where are these sticky pieces for myself. I also did another podcast a while back that was all around finding what your boundaries are. If you have a difficult time with that, not necessarily how to go about doing it, which is today. So have a look in the show notes. We'll be sure to put the link to that podcast for you as well. First step, decide on the boundary. Now, I know that this might sound silly, but the specificity and the clarity of this step is what is paramount. Because a lot of times we think that I, you know, let's say it's with my neighbors, which this is not this is not really a huge issue anymore obviously because I teach boundaries for a fucking living. So, let's say it's that If I said to a neighbor, hey, I just need you to respect me a little bit more or I just need you to kind of value how we operate our household, that is ambiguous. That doesn't – that's not linear. That's not crystal clear. There is no way for them to gauge if they've been respecting or disrespecting a boundary that I'm having. They don't – they don't have any clue. And that's on me. So creating clarity and specificity – It's similar to, you know, if you were making a request of a partner and you said, I would just like more romance. Well, what the fuck does that mean? In your head, you might be thinking love language is positive affirmation. So you're just like, I want to be told I'm beautiful all the damn time. Or I need you to tell me how proud you are of me or all of the hustle you see I'm doing. When the other person is physical touch or acts of service. So they think, oh, she wants me to initiate sex more or they want me to they want me to leave sweet notes around the house. 
right? If you say something that's so general, it's very difficult for that other person, especially when they don't see the boundary coming. They don't think it's necessary. They don't also have that same perspective. They're going to need that clarity in order to be the best version for you, okay? So I like to think of, let me at least set them up for success. Let me at least give them everything that they need to not get written off by me. (laughs) So you want to make sure that this is clear and super precise. So if we're talking about this situation of somebody who drops by all the goddamn time or you know, this happens with family too, depending on your family of origin, because certain family cultures are that way. My my husband, Mr. Smith, grew up in a family that was very much a drop-in sort of household, and we were not at all. I did not grow up that way. And so he was used to having sort of this, like, carousel of a door, revolving door, whatever it is, of people just coming in and out and in and out all the time. And his mom really paid the price for that in a lot of ways because she became the cook. And so people would drop by just expecting her to cook. And I'm like, first of all, (laughs) how much money are you going to give me? Second of all, I fucking hate cooking, so I'm not going to do that. Third of all, you need to text a bitch and request if you can come over. Like I, anyway, I obviously, Amy's triggered. So in that situation, being super clear might sound like, hey, I so value and love you as a friend. And it means the world to me that you think of me randomly, but I need to be super clear with you that, and you would have no idea about this, which is why I'm telling you, I have a really tough time with people just stopping by the house. So my request would be, please send me a text and let me know that you're in the area and ask if that would work out. Especially with family, they'll say, I'm coming by instead of asking. So that might be a part of the clarity piece that you need to embody to say, hey, I know that a lot of times your text will say, I'm stopping by. What would mean the world to me is if you asked, would it be permissible for me to stop by? And then you can develop even further parameters of, if you don't hear from me, please do not stop by. That likely means that I'm either not home or I'm highly invested in a project. This has to happen with uh, a lot of colleagues of mine, and and I'm sure many of you working from home nowadays, where, it, you know, with Mr. Smith, when we were, when we first moved into the house here in NC, we were getting the house painted, and there was always a contractor working on changing the plumbing or installing lights or a bunch of shit. Well, that notoriously fucks with my day. And especially if I'm needing complete and utter silence because I'm doing a hypnosis session with a student or recording something like this, it was really – or even just in a regular session, I need to not have people knocking on my door or asking if things are okay. And in my experience, contractors have been the most disrespectful of working from home individuals. I speculate that it has a lot to do with me being a woman, but I can't 
I can't definitively say that that's the case. But those were certain boundaries that I had to set where Mr. Smith and I had to work through when we would book contractors based off of my schedule because I wasn't about to have people banging on all sorts of stuff while I'm trying to say deeper and deeper. You're getting deeper and deeper into hypnosis. Getting really clear, lining it all up, making sure that you're You've got no room for error there, and you are setting them up for success because what happens a lot of times is if you get all the energy up and all the guts up to actually deliver the boundary, and you're vague, and then the boundary gets breached, which it almost always does anyway because people genuinely like the people-pleasing version of you or the go-along-to-get-along version of you. So the boundary most often gets breached and then you go into a place where you're like, see, this is why I never speak up. See, nobody ever listens to me. And that's very much an inner critic coming out. But you can curb that and mitigate that a bit simply by making sure that you are super, super clear on the boundary that you are going to present. So number one, decide on the boundary. Number two, deliver the boundary. Now, this is oftentimes where we get ourselves all worked up. We ask for the time to talk, to sit down with somebody, to tell them what's been on our hearts or what's been on our minds. And then we think we're done. And we are not, which brings us to number three, enforce. Now I'm going to go into these two much more in depth, but I want you to wrap your head around the fact that you are likely going to have to enforce the boundary, which basically means saying it over and over and over again. So let's talk about how this might sound. So delivering the boundary. First of all, if it's something that's that's of merit and super serious to you, then I do think that it warrants asking the person for some time to talk. Now, I think one of the best skills that you can use is to express gratitude and to say, hey, thank you so much for taking time to sit down with me. Um, it means a lot to me that you carved out some time. And then owning your shit. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before. It's where you say something to the effect of, hey, there's been some stuff that has really been on my mind and I'm noticing myself getting kind of nitpicky or resentful about certain things. And that is really wildly unfair to you because you probably have no idea that this even bothers me. So if we're using the example of the neighbor who pops by, That's very much a cultural thing in a lot of ways, Um, you know, just neighborly things, stopping by, hey, I was in the area, or depending on how your family functions, that might be a part of the family culture. But if it doesn't work for you and you're seething and frustrated and angry, but that other person has no fucking idea, that's on you. Now, if they keep doing it and you keep not saying anything, then what happens? You explode like a goddamn volcano at some point, or you start making these really kind of biting, passive-aggressive comments whenever they're around. And that poor person over there is going, um, did I do something wrong? <laughs> so you have to keep in mind, if you've if you've been having that frequency of anger and frustration, there's usually a boundary there that you might need to establish. So delivering it, actually telling them. One thing that I advocate with my students all the time, and one of the things that we do in Deep Down and Dirty, 
is I will a lot of times have them write out scripts and we workshop the script. So if somebody needs to have a conversation with their parent and say, hey, I'm not going to talk talk with you anymore when you've been drinking. You are highly volatile. It's never a productive situation. We don't have to be mean to each other, but I'm not going to have that conversation with you when you're inebriated. It never goes well. You know, if that's what they want to say, most of the time we don't have the words for it. We just go, I can't fucking talk to my mom when she's drunk anymore, right? So I will have them write out, tell me all the things you're pissed at. Tell me all the things you want them to change. And then let's craft a script about it. And one of the things that can be so useful about that, especially if it's a boundary you're establishing with somebody who you genuinely enjoy the relationship and you care uh, about continuing to have depth to the friendship or relationship, then you you can keep with you that script, that piece of paper, write it all out and have it with you and say, you know, this might seem a little silly that I wrote this all out, but I honestly really wanted to get it right. I didn't want to say things I didn't mean. And I wanted to be, I wanted to give you the grace and the kindness that you deserved. Now, Delivering boundaries don't always sound that nice, okay, and that kind because sometimes the boundary is not with somebody who is who is not ill-intended. Sometimes it is not up for a collaborative conversation. A perfect example of that would be a stranger wanting to rub your pregnant belly if you are with child, right? Or in my case, people wanting to ask me very personal information about my fucking uterus when I don't know them, right? So people, when they say, do you have kids? I said, no, we, we've chosen not to. Really? Why? Like that also is a boundary right then that whether or not they're ill-intended or not, we're shutting that shit down right now. So it's not necessarily a deep relationship that I want to make sure we have these open lines of communication and and all of that. Now, I'll also say that this will apply when there's abuse happening. So if there is ever name calling, if there is uh, gaslighting or things like, well, if you didn't do this, then I wouldn't do that, where somebody never, ever, ever takes ownership of their role in the matter. They're constantly blaming you. But above anything else, if there's name calling, you're a bitch, you're a this, you're a that, you shut that shit down right away. That's a call for a boundary of I'm not I'm not going to continue to discuss this with you if you continue to speak to me like that. Now, Above and beyond that even is maintaining your safety. So if you are at all in a hostile situation like that, I will talk to my students about this too, that the advice that I give them around having a thoughtful boundary conversation with somebody that you're close to is very different than having uh, the type of communication that I'll I'll advocate for if they're dealing with somebody who's verbally abusive. Because then what happens is you start to think, I suck at communicating when it's like, no, 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 they're just fucking abusive. And that's, you can't rationalize with that. You can't have a thoughtful conversation. You oftentimes can't have empathy with with somebody like that. So just, just a little word of warning there. So when you deliver your boundary, you ask for the time to talk, you softly start up, Maybe you rehearse, you write it out, you watch your tone, you're kind about things. Now, 
even if somebody is a real asshole, like, oh, let me rub your belly. And you're like, what? I don't even know you. Please do not touch me. You get to be forceful with that. You get to be assertive with that. Now, you can be kind. I personally feel if somebody lays hands on you in any way, whether it's, you know, coming from a good intention or not, to me, that's a major boundary breach. So I would probably hit their hand away and say, please do not touch me, (laughs) you know? Uh, So again, your delivery is going to be determined by the nature of the relationship, the nature of how how intense that other person is being. So there's a lot of nuance there, which I will say, by the way, if you're in a situation like that where you know you need to establish boundaries with your in-laws, let's say, or there's something really difficult going on in your marriage, this is what I do. This is literally the work that I do. And I break it down usually as two major components, the internal piece of Believing that you matter and that you're valuable and that you're enough and that you your wants, opinions, and needs are important enough to advocate for. So it's this internal belief that I'm an important individual in this world, okay? You can call it whatever you want. I usually call it enoughness or worthiness. And then it's the external component of how the fuck do I then communicate that with the outside world? Now that I see... All of these things that I've been tolerating that are unacceptable, how do I go about these tough conversations or these boundaries or saying no to things that I've always said yes to before? What do the words actually sound like? That is truly what Deep Down and Dirty is about. That is my signature program. It is a deep dive. It is an immersion. And one of the things that I see the most prevalently is that people's bullshit tolerance gets very, very small. So the things that they used to let slide, you know, maybe a parent who would make misogynistic or racial comments, no more of that. Like no more allowing things just to slip under the rug or, you know, not open up a can of worms or all the dumbass idioms that we have about staying fucking silent. They begin to start going, Oh, no, 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 no. This is not just about, quote, picking your battles or not making a big deal about things. This is about that's offensive. That's not acceptable. I'm worthy of being in an environment that's healthy. And so you are going to hear about it. So it's an amazing process to watch women go from believing that they they need to make everybody else happy. It's very much tethered to people pleasing. And, oh, my gosh, what if they don't like me to a place of uh, that's okay because I fucking like myself. I love myself. I believe that I am enough. And then go out and establish these boundaries or speak up for themselves or ask for raises or things that they never thought that they could do. Ask for divorces manifest their soulmates, all of these things that that we have wanted, but we haven't done the internal work to do. So if that is you and you want to get some support around this and change this once and for all, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I've created a masterclass there for you where you can hear a lot more about Deep Down and Dirty and the work that I do. 
and how the subconscious plays into that and hypnosis and all of that. So watch the workshop. At the very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team if that is something that you want to dig into further and see if Deep Down and Dirty is a good solution for you. Um, There's more information on my site as well, but the best place to start is the workshop and that link will be in the show notes as well. All right, so we've gotten through two of these. Decide on the boundary, deliver the boundary, and then finally is the enforcement of the boundary. So first and foremost, be prepared to state the boundary over and over. Be prepared that people are going to breach the boundary because here's what you have to understand. A majority of the people that I work with and you probably listening are likely in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, right? So we've had decades of teaching people how to treat us through what we chose to tolerate. So now all of a sudden, Amy's into personal development or somebody listened to a empowering podcast or you got a new audiobook that has you all fucking empowered. People in your life will write that shit off so fucking fast. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Amy doesn't mean it. Sarah doesn't mean it. You know, they're not serious. Jill doesn't really. She's she's just got a bug up her ass about it. And sometimes it's really not malicious again at all. It's just that they're like, oh, this isn't going to last kind of thing. So be prepared for that. And you also don't need to set it up as an ultimatum right away. But be prepared to kind of ask yourself in your mind, how many times can they breach this boundary? And me be okay with it. Like how many times am I okay restating this issue? How many times? You know, and just and, – and it might be that you tally them as you go. So it might sound something like this. Like let's say it's the, the drop-in people that we've been using and they do it again. You may have to say, hey, you know what? I appreciate you popping by. Right now is not a good time. And I just want to underline what I was sharing with you before. I really meant that about giving me a text, give me a heads up. I'm Unfortunately, I'm not able to have you come in at the moment. Truly hope you can understand, right? Like you don't have to be an ass. You can be really kind. But it's basically saying, hey, I meant it. I was serious about that. You can also use the languaging of, hey, remember that conversation we had the other day about fill in the blank? You know, I don't know if I was as clear about how important that was to me, but I really did mean I need you to call ahead of time or I need you to text ahead of time or if you don't hear from me, please don't come by. It really does thwart a lot of things in my home. And you don't even need to say that, right? Like you don't need a big ass explanation about things. You can just say, here's here's the line, right? And then beyond that, depending on what things look like, you may have to have an ultimatum or you may have to have a consequence of some kind. So, you know, if it is a deal breaker, let's say if your family blatantly refuses to use your pronouns, that could be a deal breaker sort of boundary, I have that around uh, religion in some ways. Like we will, we don't pray at my dinner table in my home. I'm happy to be around that in somebody else's home, but that's a hard and fast boundary. So if 
if that was to be breached in any way, there would th- that would not fly. So you have to think about if somebody's talking about a specific subject, if they keep bringing it up, if they are not being kind to you about the boundary that you said, if they're disregarding you, that's also pretty abusive to be honest. But all of those things you kind of have to make up in your mind. Is this a deal breaker? Is this something that needs massive consequence? And am I willing to actually enforce that consequence? And sometimes, y'all, it takes a while. So it could be something that that you aren't ready to enforce an ultimatum or a complete consequence for months, sometimes even years. But again, that's one of the reasons why I think the bullshit tolerance in Deep Down and Dirty with my students gets so small so quickly is because we are amplifying your worth and your value and letting go of this notion that everybody else comes ahead of you. And that changes the game in a lot of ways. So you have your work cut out for you. And again, if you want a much deeper dive, be sure to check out that workshop and and just to see if Deep Down and Dirty is for you. I mean, this is one of the areas that we constantly are digging into. And I think it's extremely helpful for, for people to have their specific situation brought to me, workshopped, and then executed. That completely changes the way you apply the things that I'm saying to you right now, right? It's actually layered onto your real life. And you're amongst other people who are doing the same damn thing, which feels incredibly uniting and powerful. So lots of stuff on the agenda for you. Start thinking about if there are boundaries you might need to set. And we will be back next week with an awesome interview with Kate Anthony that you will not want to miss. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.